This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, Show One Twenty Nine. Well, real estate is—it's never going to end. People always need a place to live. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors, large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host to the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. Brandon Turner. What up, Brandon? For once, now I get to be the one to say, good to have you back, Josh, Mr. Traveling all around the country, not being around. Yeah, good to have you back. Uh, in yeah. Normal yeah, area. I was, I was gone. I was gone for a week. That was like a lifetime for me. I missed you, buddy. It was like a I lifetime for me, but I looked in the <laughs> calendar and you're gone like, you know, two out of the next two days a week for the next like six months. I'm but, gone pretty much continually. Yeah. But See you later. yeah, I was, I was gone, man. <laughs> Took the family to New York. And uh, that was exciting. Got to see the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, F.A.O. Schwartz, Central Park. Nice. Yeah, saw saw all sorts of cool stuff. Went to the beach, and and then we went to this. Uh, uh, there's a meetup put on uh, by the uh, by Darren Sager of New York folks, and uh, um, that was awesome. There were like 200 people there. And Whoa. Yeah. How many? Only, and you went. Yeah. Well, like 130. Thirty, uh, you know, yeah, you well, win. You people know. like people uh, like you more than me. Yeah, I always get know, that. Like that's yeah. not what I hear. No, I get that all the time. You're like, you're cool, but Josh, he's the man. That's not what I hear. Is <laughs> I walk in the room and I forget her name. I, she's gonna kill me. I walk in the room in this room. The first person to walk up to me is like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my. So, so is Brandon here? I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't understand. I I can't. I can't enter a room with them without them wanting you. It's never no. They want us. Me. It's not enough because whenever I'm there, they're like, "Where's Josh?" But, yeah. You know, they leave out the lady crush part. But you know, I don't know. I'm yeah. not saying anything. I'm not saying. I'm not judging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was awesome. It was awesome. And and you know, Darren does a great job getting people together. And it's it's so cool just seeing all these folks. You know, come together, working together. I had a great time. The New York trip was awesome. And and. I, I, I do want to just use that as a transition to today's quick, quick tip. tip. All right, guys. Today's quick tip is make sure you have keyword alerts set up on BiggerPockets. BiggerPockets.com slash alerts is where you will do this. You need to go and set up alerts for your local area, wherever you are at. Like if I'm in Denver, so I would set up a keyword alert for Denver. At Denver. If I'm investing in Milwaukee, I might want to set up alerts for Milwaukee. You could set up things for, for other keywords as well. But this stuff is going to alert you for deals that people have in your area. It's going to alert you for opportunities in your area. And it's going to alert you to meetups in your area. And, and it's so important to, to get together with people locally. So, and uh, one, one more point on that. Yeah. Uh, this, this week, I don't know if it's going to be out by the time the show comes out, but it's very, very soon anyway. You can now set keyword alerts specifically just for marketplace stuff, which is pretty cool. So you can choose, I just want to know about Milwaukee if it's in the marketplace nowhere else, which is very, very cool. I think people will find that very helpful. Yep. So. Yep. For, for sure, for sure. All right, guys. So that's that's today's quick tip is make sure you've got those keyword alerts set up. There. And you could also change frequency. If, if you don't want to get them as soon as somebody mentions it, you can set it to send them out to you on a daily basis and on a, and or on a, week, well, or on a weekly basis. So uh, definitely do that. So that is today's quick tip. Quick tip. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. 
Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The Wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. As I mentioned before, this is show 129 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. And before we get into this, we, we started doing this. It's, we, we like doing it. It's, I, I think it kind of, I don't know, feels good. Makes so me feel gonna, warm and fuzzy. We're going to share some reviews. <laughs> Here's our first review from Pingless17. Uh, love the podcast from Brandon and Josh. It's like talking real estate with two of my sarcastic friends who know their stuff. I've gotten in the habit of listening to one a day on my commute, and I'm really getting a lot out of it. These guys keep up the good work. And uh, here's one from Melissa. Melissa A. Josh and Brendan. Close, I don't know who. Close Brendan enough. Thing. It's okay, close Melissa. enough. You know, it's, it's close a, enough. It's my superhero name. Yes. Yes. Josh and Brendan put on a fantastic show. They bring some incredibly knowledgeable and motivated individuals to the program that share the details of how they made their way through the real estate game that we all love. The guests. Uh, have all been open and honest ideas and strategies are discussed, which open up avenues that I've never thought of all around. It's a good time. And I would highly recommend the podcast to anyone in real estate. So thank you. Uh, if you have not yet left us a review, please do so. You know, we're reading these things. Obviously get your five minutes of fame, so to speak, to the <laughs> other six people listening to the show. No, we're at 55,000 listeners. You get a lot of exposure. So leave us a review. They help us. They help. The more reviews we have, the more exposure we get uh, on iTunes. So go to iTunes, please, and leave us a rating and a review. And uh, we definitely appreciate it. With that, 
why don't we get to today's show, Brandon? Today we've got an awesome guest, don't we? We do. Today's guest is a stalker of mine, which we'll explain in the show, and uh, and yours. And uh, yeah, Mindy J. Mindy Jensen. Mindy oh, Jensen. Mindy Jensen. She is a very, very bright real estate investor and financial wizard all around. She's very, very smart. I actually go to her when I have questions about financial stuff. And that's why she's also teaching weekly on the Ask BP podcast. So you guys can find out more about her there as well because uh, she is very smart. So we're going to talk yes. to her today. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Mindy's great. She's She's been in the game for a little bit now doing lots of Living flips and and some other real estate, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a little personal finance, some travel hacking, if you're not sure what that is, and frugality, yeah, uh, which is a good way to build wealth. So let's bring her in. All right, Mindy, look at you on the Bigger Pockets podcast. Awesome, very exciting. It's good to have you. It's so exciting to be here. Thanks for having me. We're happy to have you. This this is fun because we've never actually had uh, a stalker on the show before. <laughs> but do you want? But I'll be I don't, should we tell? You. <laughs> but the first time I ever met Mindy, she came up to me and I think your first words to me. We were at a conference and your first words to me, I think, were something along the lines of, "You're Brandon Turner. I'm your stalker," or something along that. <laughs> do you remember that? I she do. had a knife when she met me. <laughs> Listen, you have to protect yourself. You do have to protect yourself uh, from Josh. Yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> so, Mindy, yeah, Mindy's been a, a fan of BP for for a while, and we've met Mindy a, a number of times over the years at at a, a little personal finance conference that we we've gone to uh, called FinCon, and um, Mindy started writing for Bigger Pockets, and and lo and behold, one day we we put out a job uh, listing saying, we are looking for somebody who can help us create content and do cool stuff. And Mindy's like, I want to do it. And so we hired her. So, you know, you're not on here necessarily because you work for us. You're on here because you've got a cool story and we just want to share it. So hopefully we can dig into that. Yeah. Well, ask away. Fire lightning round. What is it? Fire away. (laughs) For our biggest fan, not knowing what it's called, just put a demerit <laughs> on the record. But uh, all right, Mindy, let's talk. Let's talk about you. I, I mean, you're somebody who's kind of big into personal finance, and you have been for a long time. And and so, you know, before we usually we we start with how'd you get started in real estate. I think it might be interesting to kind of start with how'd you get into this personal finance space, and you know, why is it so interesting to you? Uh, Well, the personal finance aspect of my life started at birth. Uh, My parents were both, both of my parents come from a really big family. And they went through, my grandparents were part of the depression. They were very frugal because they had to be. My parents were very frugal because that's how they were brought up. And I'm very frugal because that's how I was brought up. And I met a man who was also very frugal. And we got married. We just have always lived below our means. Are you guys Jewish? We are not. <laughs> but don't hold that against us. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, cheap. Yeah, just, you know. Josh is yeah. Jewish. He can say that. I can't say that. <laughs> so Josh I'm, is part I'm, of the tribe. I'm, I'm, I'm a, You know what? I, I get that a lot, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not true what they say. <laughs> All right, so you're frugal. Your husband's frugal. This frugality is deep. What does that mean, though? Like, you know, people 
think frugal people are cheap bastards who don't want to spend two cents on anything. And that's not true, right? Frugality means something a little bit more, right? You don't spend money on frivolous things. I don't have a brand new car and I haven't in several years. I will probably never buy another brand new car. Um, we, there's this concept of early retirement where you don't have to work until you're 65. You can work until you're 25 or 30 or 40 and you just save aggressively and you spend less than you make and you get enough money to live on. You don't ever have to work again. So we started exploring that concept and we discovered that we do almost have enough money to retire and continue our frugal lifestyle. And part of that, part of what will help us do that is uh, investing in real estate, having a passive income stream. Um, Maybe, Brandon, you're familiar with rental properties? I've heard of them. I've heard of the concept. Um, (laughs) You know, you, you have money coming in that you're not really working for. I mean, yeah, it's still work being a landlord, but you're not out there nine to five every day making a living and then you can spend more time with your kids and you can, you know, do all this. Um, I happen to just get this really awesome job, so I'm not going to be retiring early, but my, uh, my husband may choose to reduce his hours a little bit and, you know, spend more time with the kids, pick up some of the slack that I'm going to be giving now that I am gainfully employed. I was a, stay-at-home mom for eight years. We had part of being frugal is you can, you know, you can plan ahead. If you plan ahead, uh, you can have kids and stay at home because you don't have to worry about childcare. You don't have to worry about making, making ends meet because you've already made ends meet. Uh, we planned, we planned for me to be a stay-at-home mom and I've been a stay-at-home mom for eight years and now I'm ready to jump back in. And I already did jump back in about a month ago. So, I work for this awesome little startup called Bigger Pockets. Maybe you've heard of them. Yeah. Yay. All right. So yeah, they I suck. I want to dig in more <laughs> on frugality here. You know, no, no, but you know, I think it's a topic that would be fun to explore a little bit more. So frugality. Let, let's take a. I, I've got you on split screen. You and Brandon next to each other. So on on the right side, I see Mindy. Mindy buys Folgers and makes her coffee at home out of the, the tin, <laughs> spends $2.50 per week in coffee. Now, on the other side, Brandon <laughs> shops at Starbucks. He goes there twice a day, buys hey, a hey, cup of hey, coffee three for times. Six, $6 <laughs> per cup, and spends six times five is $30 plus per week in coffee. Multiply Brandon's $50 yeah, you know, you multiply it out over over a year, and you've spent a lot less money on coffee than Brandon has. Is that the frugality? Is that what we're talking about here? Uh, Careful, there are Mindy. Aspects to that. <laughs> However, I actually don't buy folders. Well, what do you go to Starbucks buy? too? I, you, I don't you go grow to your Starbucks. Own coffee. Very often, yeah. I grow well, that's my own really coffee. being frugal. <laughs> <laughs> she no, starts her own clothes. Um, actually, I do. <laughs> Oh no, I was making fun of you, but it's true. Uh-oh. <laughs> Take foot out of mouth. My, my background is in fashion design, as most home flippers background <laughs> are. Um, no, but back to the coffee. Uh, I actually have a friend who has a coffee company. It's called Epic Bean, and I buy coffee there. But I shop at the thrift store. 
for my clothes, for uh, home items that I don't really need to pay full price for. You know, it doesn't matter that that dish has been used by somebody else. You go to a restaurant, those dishes have been used by somebody else. It's not like, I mean, I don't buy underpants there. That's gross. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's really gross. But I, bu- I don't mind buying a shirt there or a pair of pants or... I bought a VCR a couple weeks ago at a thrift shop. You, and a my VCR. mom just gave me a Warren Buffett videotape. Nice. So we should watch it together. That. Yeah, we'll watch it together. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Look at this. Bigger so, Pockets podcast putting people together for very <laughs> useless purposes, like watching 30-year-old technology. <laughs> so fruga- back to frugality, you know, you save money where you can so you can spend it where you want to or where you need to. Ooh, that's, and, a, that's a tweetable right there. That is tweetable. Mindy J with the tweetable. <laughs> I save money on clothes because even though I have a fashion design background, I really don't care what the latest styles are. Honestly, I'm a mom. I have two kids. The latest styles don't aren't that flattering to my body type. So, <laughs> uh, I, by, by the way, body type was in was in little finger parentheses there, everybody. <laughs> My, my mom. Okay. That, not them. So this is a side note, but my mom has a, my entire life has had this habit of putting air quotes around things that don't belong. So she'll be like, like Brandon, you need to go to your room to go and clean up. And like all growing up, there's air quotes all the time. And I, I, I never understood them. Your mom but. is inappropriate air quotes. <laughs> yeah, she, she would be a Saturday night live character. I know there should be one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. Air, air quote mom. Right. So anyway, so go, to go back to the frugality thing real quick. So first of all, I do spend a lot of money at Starbucks, but not that. I think my budget's like 200 a month total for me and my wife, which is a lot. I, however, however. That is $2,400 it is. a year However, Starbucks coffee. There are two types my of people. God. There are two types of people on earth. There are people yeah. who want to go and save $6 a day. And there's people who can go out and make $6 a day. Which type of person are you? I, I am I am hands down the guy that will go out and find a way to earn more money so I can enjoy the things I like in life and I always will. Now it doesn't mean I mean I lived in a one bedroom, three hundred and fifty square foot house for when I got started because I needed to save money and be frugal to get the money to be able to invest. And so I house hacked this little tiny duplex, Kurt Cobain's that one people know the story. And uh, I mean I. We grow our own vegetables in our garden. So I mean, we, we pick and choose. Yeah, people, yeah. Everybody, yeah. I mean, picks and chooses. Like, yeah, I don't drive a new car. I bought a, you know, an old Prius, but it's a cool Prius. Nice. My that, baby. That's your house on wheels. This is my it? house on wheels. I slept in that for five weeks. Well, a bunch. Yeah, that, is, yeah. that is ridiculous. <laughs> that is frugal. You are frugal. Bro. See, I didn't want to pay. I, so so the, you didn't spend money on Starbucks so I, that you'll sleep in your car so you can spend money at Starbucks. That's pretty much it. Because wow. I don't mind sleeping in my car, but I like my Starbucks. So you spend uh-huh. money on what you like. And uh, you know, I think the other side of frugality too is the idea of as you make more income in life. I wrote a post a long time ago about called like the one thing you need to do to become a millionaire. And the whole premise was as you get more and more money in, in life, if you keep spending more and more money in life, you'll never become a millionaire. But if as you make more and more money, if you invest more and more money, you will become a millionaire. It's like really yeah. as simple as that. So anyway... Yeah, so I think everyone's a little bit frugal, or most people are a little bit. It's just deciding what they want to be frugal about is my theory. Exactly. You choose what you want to save on so you can spend it where you want to. Exactly, like you said. Way to bring that back, Mindy Where do you spend it? I mean, obviously, you're a frugal person. We lay no judgment. We love you. You know, you spend it on your your kids, on traveling. What's your—and real estate, I'm assuming, is probably the primary— 
Uh, well, real estate is uh, in limbo right now. We're in kind of a ridiculous market, and I'm having a hard time finding deals in my current market. Um, sure. I know nobody else is because <laughs> real estate is just exploding everywhere. But um, no, where do I spend money? I spend money on uh, the stock market. I just invest a lot right now. Um, I want to hear about that. We do travel. We do travel a lot, but we do travel hacking. We um, we take credit cards and you sign up for a new credit card. You get you spend X amount of dollars in a certain amount of months, like three thousand dollars in three months, and then you get twenty thousand bonus miles or fifty thousand bonus miles. Or one time we did it with British Airways and we got a hundred thousand bonus miles. Ooh. And I had a card. My husband had a card, so we had two hundred thousand bonus miles, and we used that to travel. Uh, quite a bit. Uh, when we lived in Madison, Wisconsin, we could fly out of Chicago. And Chicago is an American Airlines hub, which is a sister airline of British Airways. It kind of gets convoluted. You have to do a little yeah. bit of research. But we went to Hawaii for free. Really? Uh, just for signing up for that British Airways? Uh, just for signing up for the British Airways card, we went to Hawaii for free, four of us. I think it cost $95 for the, uh, the annual fee. For each card, so that's what, $190? All right. I got four round trips to Hawaii. So here's what's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to cut you off right now. Okay. <laughs> you are going to write an epic post on the Bigger Pockets blog about travel hacking. You know, we, I, I'm familiar with travel hacking because of this personal finance community, this FinCon community that we're a part of. But I, I don't think a lot of people on Bigger Pockets are necessarily familiar with this. And, you know, I t- I've talk to my mom about it. And I'm like, mom, you got to get this card and this is the right card so you can get the miles and this. And she's like, it's too much work. I don't want to do it. But so, you know, I'm like, mom, just do it. That was a different and mom accent than you That was a do. different mom. Yeah. She moved to the <laughs> South or something. I don't know what happened to her. Something weird. Something By the way, everybody just got to witness a moment of Bigger Pockets corporate culture. Josh handing down an order to Mindy. Wasn't that great right there? Like, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> Mindy J. <laughs> Mindy J. Check it out. Travel hacking. No, it's you know what? It's such a cool topic. It is. And and I think it would it would, you know, benefit our community and everyone within it uh for, for us to kind of talk about it a little bit. So, you know, it's a polite suggestion from the man upstairs uh that we, we do that. <laughs> Now Josh is calling himself God. This is amazing. Wow. (laughs) I I spent enough time with you, Brandon. You know. Yep. 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 It just. You know. I I guess. All right. All right. Where where were we? I was not calling myself God. Let's let the record show. Uh, I was not. I was just saying. I work upstairs in the office or something. (laughs) (laughs) Can we move to something else besides me? I want to talk about her real estate. I I want to know about your real estate. How did you go from this frugal person to buying real? I mean, it seems like the anti-frugal buying this property. Oh, no. So tell us about it, please. See how I changed the subject? That was good, wasn't it? That That was was very smooth. Uh, Like like silk. Um, (laughs) So... I uh, am frugal. I don't want to pay for things that I don't find value in. And I had, a fr- I was living at home because that's what all 24 year olds do. I was living at home in my parents' house. I had just finished up college. I had my first real job. And a friend was going through a kind of sticky divorce. She had rented an apartment to sleep in at night. And then she would go home during the day and take care of her kids and whatever. She, that 
stopped working for her and she was stuck with this apartment lease that she couldn't use. And I said, well, I'll take it over. Not knowing that you're supposed to clear that with the landlord or anything. I was much younger. (laughs) So I took her, I took over her lease and it was like $410 a month for a one bedroom in my town. And at the end of the lease, I just canceled it. I said, I don't want to live here anymore because you know, that seems kind of expensive to pay 410 whole dollars a month to live in this apartment when I could buy a place that would be the same price. So I looked around, I found a condo for $49,000, a two bedroom condo in uh, a suburb of Chicago. And I bought it, I moved in, my rent, my whole payment was $417 a month. So for $7 more a month, I'm now owning this property. And um, to give you an idea of how long ago this was, I got a smoking deal at 7% interest on my mortgage. Wow. I wasn't going to ask, but you know, <laughs> since you opened the door. It was 1998 that I bought yep. this property. I sold it. Um, I actually had my dad, power of attorney, sign the papers for me when I was on my honeymoon in 2002. I sold the property for $74,000. I made about $25,000 on the property. Uh, just for holding it for six years, I had a place to live. My The property went up in value, and it was just this really amazing experience because at the time, I wasn't making very much money, and that was just about a year's salary yeah. in, like, in an instant because you, you, know, you still need yeah. a place to live. And if I was renting and stopped you know, to move, and my husband had a house, so I was selling my condo, if I would have rented, I would have had nothing at the end of yeah. that, except just a place to live. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have to buy another one of those properties. Yep. So we lived in his, his place for a couple of years, and then we moved into the city of Chicago itself and rented out his house. And uh, that was an experience. We, it was his grandmother's house, and we bought it from the estate for what it was worth. And then... Housing prices just shot through the roof in the early 2000s, and we sold it for like $100,000 more than we bought it for, and it was, we did very little work to that. We might have put in Mm. $1,000. It had like a leaking pipe or something. It just, it wasn't, there wasn't that much, and we took that money and rolled it into another property that we flipped, or we fixed up uh, head to toe. So and and I want to go I want to go there for sure and talk about those. I no, it's okay. You keep you keep talking. Just talk 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 talk. We're not here. The guests, you know, you can just don't worry about the host. Um, we uh, you you mentioned that seven percent in steel, and and so there's a lot of people who are listening to the show right now, and and they're thinking seven percent. Are you out of your mind? Well, so seven percent was a steal back then. And you know rates change, and and so the environment that you're in, I I, I just want to talk about it because I, I want to make sure people understand. You know there were times this, and I I don't know if it was the 80s or 70s when rates were twice that. You know, rates, rates were early 80s. I th- yeah, I think I remember Jeff Brown telling me about like 20 percent or so rates. Something. Yeah. Re- I mean, that might have been in the 1900s. You know, <laughs> too bad Jeff isn't here to defend himself. But uh, yeah, I mean, rates have been. Uh, far higher than they are today. And we're in a really good environment as an investor uh, to acquire properties with, with low rates. So just keep that in mind as you're buying things and realize we're in as good a time as we've ever had for buying property, at least as far as mortgage rates are concerned. Uh, that's actually kind of funny you bring that up. My college was paid for because my dad bought 
savings bonds when I was little. And they, they matured right around the beginning of the 80s. And uh, he put them in a CD that was locked in at some ridiculous like 14% rate <laughs> wow. or 11% rate or something like that. And you just, it, for like five or 10 years, he just got this ridiculous amount of money. And that's how he paid for my college, my sister's college, my brother's college was just this amazing interest rate. Yeah, um, that's cool. Nobody buys savings bonds anymore. Nobody buys savings bonds anymore because they're worth almost nothing. They're worthless. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad. Well, all right. So, so you bought this property, you, you, you sold it, you made some money, did it again. Then you start getting into these live-in flips. Um, yes. let's, let's talk about that. What is a live-in flip? A live-in flip is when you take yourself and you live inside the home that you are flipping. So you're living through the construction, the drywall, the hammering, the no electricity, the new furnace installation, all of that. It is um, super awesome fun. <laughs> it's actually Smell not. the sarcasm. It can, <laughs> it can be a little trying, actually. Um, we lived in one flip with no kids and that was awesome because we worked on it and we worked on it. And when we didn't want to work on it, we didn't have to work on it. And you could take a little break and you could work till midnight if you wanted to. And then once we started having kids, it was a bigger deal. I can't help you when the baby's crying. I have to attend to the baby. And so a lot of the work kind of got pushed off on my husband for a while. And now we're in a house where our kids are eight and five, so they can kind of take care of themselves while we're working on the house, but it's still, you know, mom, I need something. So a live and flip is most successful. I think when you don't have children or small children that really need your attention for a while, my live and flip, my current, it's a, we're fixing it up. We're not really flipping it, but we're living in the fixing up. And I had a washing machine in the kitchen and my kitchen is like 10 by 12. I had a washing machine in my kitchen because all the rest of the house had no plumbing or, or there was no heat. So I couldn't hook it up in the other side of the house. Well, the benefit of that is when you have dirty dishes, you just toss them in the washing machine with your clothes. Everything exactly. comes out good, right? Yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> wait, that's, what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm just kidding. No, no I don't the, do that. The washing machine was in the kitchen. It's like right in the middle of the kitchen. Okay, just making sure. She doesn't wash her dishes in the washing machine. Come on, uh, Josh. You know, Come I on. I passed the frugal lady here. And <laughs> that so, <laughs> save that water. <laughs> Socks and plates on the same load. I mean, come on. But nice. yeah, just live and flip is another way to be frugal because I don't have to rent a separate place. I don't have to pay a mortgage on a separate place. I'm living in the property that I'm fixing up and I save big money on the capital gains taxes at the end of two years, there was a recent law passed, not recent anymore. It's, I guess it's 1997. That's a long time ago. Whatever. Time flies. <clears throat> yes. Uh, the, there was a law that was passed that I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, That's uh, right. But people, you don't have to pay capital gains taxes. If you live in a property for two of the last five years and own it for the two of the last five years, you can, uh, just write off $250,000 in capital gains if you're single and $500,000 if you're married. Um, I never made $500,000 off a house, so I never reached those limits. But it's still nice to wrap up, to, to not have to pay capital gains taxes on $100,000 or $150,000. Yeah. 
you, you know, I've known I've known some couples over the years who have like that's what they do for a living pretty much is they'll go and buy a, a house to live in, and every two years they buy and sell it, and they make let's say a hundred thousand dollars on each flip, and that is basically fifty thousand dollars a year of an income, and all they have to do is live in a property and flip it, and it's tax free, which fifty thousand tax free is equivalent of what eighty thousand you know as a job, so they're basically making like seventy eighty thousand dollars a year just living in a house that they're flipping, and so I mean it's a strategy, it's not a terrible idea, and so pretty much like every house that I've bought in the the past has been a live and flip for kind of that same reason. So anyway, very cool. I love that. I love the concept of a live and flip. Uh, so how many have you done now, Mindy? Do you mind me asking? I have done five live and flips. Ooh. And what's the average hold time? Uh, the average hold time is two or three years. Okay. Um, I don't sell them before two years because then I won't be able to get the capital gains deduction yep. benefit. Okay. And, you know, sometimes it takes longer to sell. I have tried FSBO because that's always a successful. Which, of course, <laughs> stands for. For sale by owner. I go. am currently a licensed real estate agent in the state of Colorado. Um, I have sold zero houses, so I'm super successful. <laughs> uh, I didn't get my license to sell houses. I got my license so that I could um, invest and have access to the MLS and get the Commission when I sell and buy and yada yada. Right, so, so I've got a bunch of questions. I know you've got a bunch too, right? Yeah. Before I was a licensed agent, I tried to sell it by myself twice. The first time I tried was in a not very FSBO friendly real estate market, and it took about eighteen months to sell the property. It was also oh. difficult to sell property. Um, it had a pool. It was a split level in an area of the country where split levels are kind of shunned. So it was, it was a difficult property to sell anyway, but then when you do it by yourself, it just seems to take longer. Um, the second property that I sold FSBO was in Madison, Wisconsin, the largest real estate company or the largest real estate listing company in Madison is called FSBOMadison.com. Um, I should say when I listed it, that was the largest, I don't know the current Madison market, but in 2012, um, and we were, it took 18 months to sell that one as well. And it was um, a lakefront property. So, you know, again, it's a difficult house to sell no matter if you're selling it by yourself or selling it with an agent. Um, both times we did FSBO, we offered an additional commission to the selling agent. And I don't know if that helped or not um, yeah. because they were difficult to sell houses. So, Interesting. Well, so let's dig in a tiny bit on this uh, for sale by owner because I I think it's something we've actually never covered in a hundred and I don't know thirty shows or so. People do for sale by owner. I think primarily because they say, "Hey, I can save this commission because when you sell, you pay the commission, right? I'm going to save all this commission by by selling. You know, why would I want to spend that? But then you're stuck. You know, in your case, eighteen months." It may have, you probably, I'm guessing, probably would have turned the property over sooner. And, you know, personally, I have an, I have issue with all this. I like, I think I should be able to go and list my house for sale by owner. Like in 20, what, what, what year are we in? 2015? 2015 with sites like Zillow and Trulia. I mean, you know, I can post a property up and get all the visibility I want for it. You know, so the marketing, where does that extra marketing come in? Uh, for for sale by owner versus realtor, you know, I personally, 
I think re- what realtors are doing is they're black. A lot of them will blacklist for sale by owners because they're saying, "Well, I'm not going to get my full commission, so why would I encourage that?" And I think they, it's not taken as seriously by real estate agents, which you know, as a real estate agent, you could probably speak to. But you know, I, I think at some point in the coming five, ten, fifteen years there's going to be some kind of equality that comes to independent sellers who want to just sell their property and not have to deal with an agent. What's your take on that? Uh, well, I, I get why people don't want to sell with an agent. I understand why they want to try and sell it themselves. And with, like you said, with, with Trulia and uh, Zillow and Craigslist even, there's a lot more options to getting your household by yourself than, you know, in years past when I was doing it, <clears throat> We had the newspaper. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I know, right? It's this paper uh, where they print the news on it. Weird. And you can hold I, it I don't understand. I know. Waste it's, the a time. Very, <laughs> it's a very foreign concept now. Um, but that's it was like how yesterday's useful. news though, right? Well, exactly. I still get newspapers today. It's kind of a habit. Uh, Warren Buffett believes in newspapers. Huh? He buys them. He said that he got his start as a newspaper carrier every year <laughs> at the Berkshire Hathaway uh, annual meeting, which I attend. Um, I, am a, I am a Berkshire Hathaway B share owner. I'm not an A share owner. For those that don't know, the A share is uh, $250,000 per share and the B Whoa. share is like $100 a share, $120. So I, I went with the, the frugal option, the, the small <laughs> option. Anyway, at his at the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting, they have a newspaper throwing contest every year. And the prize is a dilly bar if you can beat Warren Buffett's throw onto the porch. They have this fake porch. Um, everybody should go to the Berkshire Hathaway meeting. It's a super fun time. That's cool. Um, so anyway, he still loves newspapers and he buys them even though they're going out of business. But yes, back to this. I had to advertise my house in the newspaper. I had to hold my own open houses. What I would do is walk people around the house to make sure they saw everything. And then I would step outside so they could really look around. Honestly, I think that threw people off. They don't want the buyer there or the seller. The buyers don't want the sellers there when they're looking at a house. They want to look and they want to peek in the drawers. They want to talk to each other and say, hey, I really hate that color on the wall. And um, I don't think they feel as comfortable when somebody's there. Uh, when there was a, a real estate agent showing my property, of course, I would leave before they got there. Um, but as far as the industry goes, I don't know. They've been around for a really long time, real estate agents have. And they're not going to go down without a fight. We're not going to go down without a yeah. fight. And yeah. I can understand you know, why people would be really, as a homeowner who sold houses for sale by owner, why am I paying you 6%? Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's a lot of money. You know, it's when it's $100,000 on the list price, that's $6,000. Okay. That's, I'm my house. Know. My house is for sale right now. My personal residence, and it's a lot of money that I'm paying somebody. So it's crazy. But l- let me ask you this last question: I'm for Fisbo. Is do you see Fisbo as an effective strategy? Question mark. Not currently, with the exception of Madison, Wisconsin, because of <laughs> the FSBO Madison, and you would not believe how. Fisbo friendly Madison is or was when I was there three years ago. And it was, you know, it was really nice to be able to list my house and sell it for a 4% commission instead of a 6% commission. And that was my most expensive house. That was the lakefront property. And, you know, $24,000. 
Yeah. It's a lot, it's of, a lot money. of money. It's a lot of money. Wow. A lot yeah. of money. It's, no, it was that. I can't do math. It was more than that. But that's still, <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of money. Maybe it was 30000 I wasn't following the math, but I was assuming yeah. you were right. So. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Calling all property owners and operators. Are you managing a multifamily property and looking to elevate your residents' living experience? Introducing Quantum Fiber Internet, your go-to choice for speedy internet your residents will love. The process is as seamless as Quantum Fiber service. Starting at just $50 a month, your residents can enjoy fast, reliable internet that will make them love where they live even more. Connect with your local fiber representative today. Learn more at q.com slash go big. I wonder how they got that domain. That's q.com slash go big. Limited availability. Service and rate in select locations only. Taxes and fees apply. 360 Wi-Fi and other equipment lease charges, taxes, and fees are excluded from price for life offer and may be increased. We're always looking for ways to improve searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, hey, let's let's talk about live and flips again. Live in flips beyond the disruption to your life and your family and the challenge. I mean, it's like house hacking. We talk about a lot. House hacking is perfect for young people in their twenties. It gets harder when you're married and have spouses. It just kind of becomes more of a, more of a challenge. Um, but beyond that, kind of obvious. Are there other negatives to doing live in flips? And I guess I'll put it to Mindy and Brandon. You could chime in too. Uh, well, it's dirty. It's, you know, you walk into a kitchen, uh, my first live in flip, I, we ripped out the whole kitchen and then I was washing dishes in the bathtub and I was making 
dinner in my bedroom. And, you know, that's not such a huge deal when you're an adult. You can just make a sandwich or, you know, hey, look, it's peanut butter and jelly tonight. Um, but when you've got kids, you have to kind of, it's a lot easier when it's just adults in your, um, in your flip. Drywall days are the absolute worst because dust just gets absolutely everywhere and it's a massive mess. So you are washing dishes in the bathtub and you are making dinner in your bedroom. And that's, you know, it's kind of a pain in the butt to wash your dishes in the bathtub because you have to bend over and your back hurts and, <laughs> you know, you're already dirty. Um, Can I ask an obvious question? If you're yeah. living flipping and you have one bathroom and you're working on the bathroom... How do you use the bathroom? Are we using the kitchen sink? <laughs> or should I we not go there? Two bedrooms, two bathrooms. Thank goodness. I'm not. So I don't was ever the kitchen. Don't ever do more than one bathroom at once while you're doing a linen flip. Is that? Oh is that no! Solid? Yeah, absolutely. We have the house that we're currently living in. We had it was a one bath, two bedroom house, and we just finished the bathroom uh, two weekends ago. And before we could finish that bathroom, we had to add the bathrooms, the, the other bath, bathrooms. Now we have a four-bedroom, three-bath house. So we had two bathrooms done before we started on the original just bathroom. Just making sure. I'm just making sure. So there, <laughs> yeah. there's always no, a working can't. functional bathroom at any given time is the there key. There has here. to be. There has to yeah. be. Unless yeah. you want to pour it Porta potty. Just, I was gonna say porta potty in a hose. That works for me, but which would be horrible. Okay, yeah. that is not my ideal. No, that's not I, my idea. Then I have limits. So okay, so the live and flips that I do. Okay, here's the problem a lot of people do, right? Not even problem, just the the downside of live and flip, right? Is you never get to fully enjoy the property you're living in because it's like, all right, we finally just finished this today. We're gonna list it today, right? Like yep. it's like. You never get the full. So what I try to do, and I, I I did it on my house I'm in right now pretty well. Um, I I got it, and then I spent three months remodeling it. Like every day, my wife and I were over here fixing every single thing we could up, so that way when we moved in, we'd at least ex- be able to experience the house mostly done. Uh, and still, like I mean, that was two years ago. I moved in now, and now we're thinking about maybe we'll sell it soon, but. I'm like, we never really got to enjoy. And that's what she, my wife keeps saying is, I don't really want to move until we at least can say we lived in a finished 100% house and not just finished the day we moved out, which is how it usually is. But anyway, so I don't know. People can keep that in mind. It is You can do that. You can fix it up first and then move into the house, live there for two years and sell it and still get that IRS uh, tax thing. Of course, I'm not a CPA and neither is Mindy or Josh, but consult with your <laughs> CPA and all that good stuff. But And that's uh, a good idea, by the way. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about real quick. You know, what I just said there is I came in and I worked, my wife and I worked for like three months fixing our house up. Do you guys do your own work as well, Mindy, or do you hire things out? Ah, we have hired people twice. And each time that we hired somebody, we had to fire them and hire somebody else because the first guys didn't work out. And we do a lot of work ourselves. We do most of the work ourselves. When we add a story onto the house, uh, as we've done our last two flips, we pay somebody to actually build the structure and put the siding on the windows and the roof. And then we come in and we finish it. We uh, coordinate the drywall. I'm never doing drywall again by myself. We coordinate the drywall. We do the tile work ourselves. We do the plumbing. We do the electricity. We do uh, everything once the structure is waterproof, weatherproof on the outside. Um, I would never do insulation myself because it is actually cheaper to hire somebody to come in and do it than it is to buy it yourself. Hey, Mindy, Um, quick quick, quick question. And when you say we, you mean your husband, Carl, right? My husband and I. 
Well, no, yes. I mean, but you're you're a female. Why would you know females <laughs> do this work too? I mean, I, you know, I, I've never heard of such a thing. Uh, yes, females do this work all the time. Mr. Yes, they Sexist do. Man. Oh, uh, I wasn't yeah. being sexist. I was proving a point that this is something that sure you, more women. <laughs> A, women are doing, and B, you know, not enough attention is being paid to those women who are actually doing this. And C, to the women that are listening, this is something that you can definitely do. And I definitely want you to talk more about that because that's one of the coolest things about what you do is you're like playing with power tools and, and roughing stuff up, aren't you? I am. I have uh, my my favorite power tools, Betty and Jojo. Um, <laughs> No, it's, uh, I think a lot of people, women and men, are afraid to try. They don't want to mess something up. And, you know, you, you don't start by building a house from scratch. You start on small projects and you gain confidence and then you move on to something else. You know, anybody can paint a wall. And I'm sorry to all the professional painters out there, but it's really not that <laughs> difficult a task. And, you know, you don't have to tape off the ceiling. You can learn how to cut in, which is... Um, painting up to the wall without painting the ceiling too. It's a concept or a, a procedure. Uh, it's not a concept. It's an actual thing. Um, I'm looking up at my ceiling cause I haven't, we sprayed it to, uh, to paint in here and I haven't gone back and cut into the ceiling yet. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, anybody can paint a wall. Anybody. I installed all the hardwood floors in my house and nice. if you can do this, it's a hammering motion. If you can do that, then you can install a hardwood floor. It's really not that difficult. And hey, there's, sorry. You're probably going to say what I was going to oh. say. I was gonna say. There's a million videos on YouTube on how to do everything. There's a million videos on YouTube. You are a mind reader. I am. Yeah. That's what they that's say about Jedi me. connection. Yeah. That's why they call no, me the there's, Jedi. There's a million <laughs> videos on YouTube to show you how to do anything, you know, and you can do electricity. You start off small, turn off the power is step number one. And then you take out the outlet that doesn't work. You match the wires. The black one goes with the black one. The blue one goes with the blue one. And then you stuff it back in the wall and turn the power on and try it again. See if it works. You know, you turn off the water to the sink and replace the fixture. You can do it yourself. You can watch videos. You can get books out of the library. It's really easy to do your own work. And nobody likes your house more than you. Nobody cares about your bottom line more than you. And I am so sick of paying contractors to it. <laughs> I will, I will add that. Um, so I agree. I do all my own stuff as well. Uh, a lot of states, including those state I live in, I can no longer do electrical on my rental properties at all. Like even if I'm the owner of them, there's a lot. So some states have that rule. Now I can't touch electrical in a house, even if I own it. Um, now if it's my own primary residence, I can, but a rental, I can't. So anyway, just people make sure you know your laws. Um, but live in oh, flips. Yeah, I do all, I do almost everything you. myself. Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, I don't have any rentals right now. It's been a while since I had a rental, so that's good to know. I should look yeah. that up before I start monkeying around with uh, rental property electricity. Here's, here's another quick tip for you. Um, well, for everybody out there. So my contractor that I'm working with right now uh, just hired a new employee, and the reason he hired this employee is because the employee just got hit with a ten thousand dollar fine from uh, the LNI, like our our Department of Labor Labor and Industries, the ones in charge of having uh, workman's comp insurance on your people. Anyway, because this guy was up on a roof roofing or whatever for somebody else. Anyway, like, and he didn't have uh, his own license and bond. Anyway, they came by, asked for his whatever information didn't have it and he got hit with a $10,000 fine. So that's my quick tip for everybody is uh, if you're going to do work for anybody at all, that's not your own property. 
make sure a thousand percent you do it right and follow the rules because you'll get you'll get in big trouble. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mindy. Uh, but and I appreciate everything you said. And I do try to make a point anytime that we have somebody of the female persuasion on the podcast to actually emphasize the fact that they are of the female persuasion because you know you go on bigger pockets and and we are a male dominant industry. You know, we are a vastly male dominant industry. So. I, I think a it's important to have strong you know female role models in the business and you are one of them. And, Mindy and, Jensen, you're my hero. You are, you are. But you know, I I think you know it's always important to hear from kind of the horse's mouth, so to speak. So you know, to <laughs> I, you know, come on, everybody's you guys are ridiculous. It's all right. It's all right. It's, oh, you grow, call, grow up. You want to call mean, somebody like, a horse? It's fine. Whatever. You know, we get a lot of we get a lot of guff <laughs> in the comments about childish <laughs> jokes. You know, like come on, Brandon. <laughs> Jeez, from man. the horse's mouth. All right, and Mindy. <laughs> <laughs> tell no, like to to all the female listeners. You know what? What would you tell them if you know to those who are like, hey, I, I'm afraid to do this, or you know, I don't want to deal with the the nonsense from the guys and the contract. You know, what do you say to others who might be listening? Well, that's a really interesting question. I just read a couple of forum posts. Well, one forum post, this woman said that she doesn't she doesn't contact contractors by herself. She'll have a male friend come over so that she gets a decent price because she has found that when she doesn't ask a man to come over to her house, she's given just ridiculous prices wow. because it doesn't seem like people know. And then that same woman sent me an email uh, just a couple of, I think this morning, saying, you know, I'm so inspired by you and the men just don't understand and thank you. And that really like made my week, that made my year that uh, if somebody would say that because, you know, honestly, I don't really think it's that tough. Right. Um, you just have to jump in. You know, I installed the hardwood floor all by myself. This one right here that I'm looking at, you can't see it, um, but it's gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> I installed that by myself. You have to your first line has to be absolutely straight. So you take your time with that line and then you just go. It's just, it, it does, you stop when you're done and you know, it, it's easy. You take your time and you do it right. And you know, you, like I said, you watch YouTube videos, you read books and it, none of this is really all that hard. I, I said that anybody can change out a plumbing fixture. I actually hate plumbing. <laughs> nice. I always just slam my hand into the wall or, you know, pinch Pinch my finger in some way. Um, my, my record is 11 trips to Home Depot in one day for plumbing. I, I hate plumbing too. Okay. So yeah, they never have, you never get the part. Never get you, the right part that I need. And it's, yeah. It's, uh, I was it's, checking out at Home Depot and the lady's like, hmm, you look familiar. I'm here every day, every <laughs> single day. Literally, I am here every single day. Of course I look familiar. I'm here more than you. Hey, Mindy. <laughs> So you're you're doing living hit flips. You're you're doing floors. You're doing all this stuff. Is is that the is that all that you guys are doing? Are you guys? You said you're not doing any rentals. Are you doing actual non living flips, or or is this really the strategy that you guys are going to be following uh, here to forward? Uh, here to forward, we are looking for non living flips. We want to um, do that. Brr. Brandon always talks about brr. Uh, but way, he made that up. He made that word up, and now I'm seeing it all over the place. I know I people say love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> now, for people who don't know what that is, it's the buy, it's, yeah. yeah, the buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. That's what it stands for. Yeah. And that's a really great 
you know, that's a really great term. I want to get some rental properties. Like I said, my current market is just absolutely ridiculously hot in my price range. If I wanted to buy $500,000 houses, then I would not have so much competition. But, you know, the there's nothing under $200,000 in my local market. And uh, up to about 300000 everything is all cash offers, foregoing appraisals, foregoing inspections, you know, and I don't want to subject myself to that kind of risk. I don't want to buy a property with no inspection and discover that it needs a whole new foundation and there's, you know, it's built on top of a snake den. That's very uh, smart. And and what so what would you tell the people who are in a market like yours? I mean, b- because it's really easy to get caught up in the, you know, I can actually get this if I go all cash and forego this stuff. Is that a good idea? Uh, I don't think so. I have, you know, bought and sold like 10 houses. We did five live-in flips. And I don't think that it's a good idea for a new investor to go out and buy a property that they don't know what they're walking into. You don't know what... You don't know. Um, I just had a post recently, and I'll just say this again for the three people who didn't read it. Um, I, <laughs> my husband and I were going to buy a condo closer to the city of Chicago, and we went through. It looked beautiful. We had a home inspection, and the guy offhandedly said, oh, make sure that this, this exterior stucco is real stucco and not ephus. What's ephus? It's fake stucco. And when it's used in drier climates like Colorado and Arizona, it's not a big problem. They don't have a lot of moisture. But when it's used in the wetter climate, sometimes the window seals fail and water gets inside between the stucco and the wall and there's no place for it to go and mold grows. And there's been homes that have been just, they've had to tear them down completely. There's no fixing it. The mold has just gone everywhere. And without a home inspection, I would have known that. And that would be pretty scary to lose that much money that early in my career, in my you know investing career, uh, you don't want to lose the whole pot. Um, I and, and a home inspection is like five hundred dollars. If you spend five hundred dollars and you find nothing, then you know that's money well spent. And if you spend five hundred dollars and find a potentially hazardous condition or a potentially problematic fix that you don't want to handle, that's money well spent. Yep. Yeah. Um, for sure. Good so, advice. So yeah, no, I, I wouldn't suggest foregoing inspections. And with an appraisal, if you're paying $300,000 for a house that's only worth two fifty, that's just foolish. There you go. Good advice. Good advice. All right. All right. Let's get this thing uh, moved towards the end. Next, we're going to go to the world famous, what's it called, Mindy? Lightning round. <laughs> the fire round. The fire round. The fire round. Famous four. <gasps> no, f- no fire. we have the lightning. We have the fire round first. You have a fire round. All right. Yeah. Fire round. It's time for the fire round. Look how she's all red and embarrassed now. I love that. Lightning round. Plus I'm a little sunburned. <laughs> all right. Uh, the fire round of questions we ask directly from the forum. So we don't actually ask them. Bigger Pockets members do. So uh, Mindy, I know you're in the forums a lot, so you've probably seen these. Maybe you've even jumped into the conversations, which will make this cheating, but that's okay. Number one, why invest in real estate? After all, there are a lot of things to invest in. Stocks, bonds, precious metals, collectibles. What makes real estate so attractive to you? Well, real estate is, it's never going to end. People always need a place to live. And you can get by without having stocks. You can get by without having bonds and precious metals, but you have to have a roof. Well, I guess you don't have to, but most people want to have a roof over their house, over their head. I and do. Their house. 
<laughs> cool. Nice. I like All it. All right. Right on. All right. Next question. Is flipping still a good business in 2015? Yes. If you're in the right market. Uh, there's a guy in my market who buys houses at full market value and flips them into some of the most amazing houses I've seen and sells them at even more full market value. He'll take a smaller house like I did and top of the line everything. He takes a two bed, one bath and makes it a four bed, three bath or a five bed house. And he puts in uh, sub-zero refrigerators and who's the oven guy? What's the oven company? The <laughs> Viking maybe? Viking ovens. Mm, yeah. He puts in the, the high quality, <laughs> the really high end finish. I don't have a Viking oven in my house. I've got I a Maytag don't. or yep. Whirlpool or something. Because um, you're frugal. I'm frugal. Yeah. <laughs> a Viking is a very good product. Um, if somebody gave me one, I'd be happy to have one. But he puts all these high quality finishes in and it looks awesome. And he sells them for $150,000 more than he bought them for, $200,000 more than he bought them for. So yeah. he's making a good living. But that's not my, that's not my personal goal. Well, I, I don't want to make a good living. No, he, that's not my personal uh, flipping style. But, uh, and so I'm having a hard time finding a flip in my current market. I'm going to go north to Cheyenne, Wyoming and see what I can do up there. Cool. Ooh, fancy. They have far less price, yeah. lower priced houses. That's what I hear. Um, on that topic, uh, flipping. So like I have a lot, you know, obviously a lot of Facebook friends now from bigger pockets. I mean, like I don't even know most of the people that friend request me anymore and I just like <laughs> accept everybody. So like I have this wall like of just BP people that are talking about their real estate. Like my whole Facebook wall is just like real estate stuff now. It's kind of fun. Uh, but the thing I'm noticing over and over and over is people saying, three days on the market and I have 14 offers, you know, like, you know, six days on the market and I got seven offers. Like every day I see two, three of those posts come up about people bragging about how, I mean, in a good way about how wealth. So yeah, uh, to answer that question also is flipping still good business. I think right now flipping is probably the best business I've ever seen in the past, you know, since I've been involved in real estate, you know, it's beginning to look a lot more like 2005, six and seven. So I don't know if that's a warning sign or not, but man, Everything is go- is going quick and for lots of offers. When everybody gets excited, listen, I'm I'm the biggest proponent of real estate as an investment, but when people start getting excited, when when you hear people talking about it at McDonald's and and all over the place, I mean, when the average guy is talking about how good the real estate market is, I, I start to get a little nervous. I'm starting to get a little nervous about how hot the market is feeling in a lot of areas. So I'm nervous with Denver because you guys are insane. It is it is <laughs> nuts. nuts here. It's it is nuts. really. I can't wait for it to pop so I can buy something. I know. <laughs> yeah, I I talked to somebody today and she's like, "Yeah, I'm working, I'm learning, I'm learning." You know, she's like, "I'm just waiting for it to happen." I'm like, "It." She's like, "Oh yeah." She's like, "I'm waiting for the market to completely collapse. I'm going to buy like crazy." I'm like, "All right, that's a great strategy. Sit on the sidelines." Yep. Cool. Warren Buffett says, "When everybody's buying, you should be selling. When everybody's selling, you should be buying." Oh wait, yeah. no. When everybody's selling, you should be buying. You just he said that. Say anything about selling. Yeah, no, he doesn't say anything about selling though. He holds it forever. That's true. His favorite. True. His favorite uh, holding period is forever. I like I it. Love that. That's. I love that. You, you're a big fan, aren't you? I am a big fan of Warren Buffett. I do like him quite a bit. He's uh, pretty smart. He is. He is. He would have to be. All right. What are the common things that you can do to reduce a rehab budget and save money without being shady or doing shoddy work? Ah, well, yeah, let's 
Yeah, number one, you could be shady. Number two, you could do shoddy work. Uh, Good. No, you should do it yourself. You know, why hire a painter to come in and paint your room for $300 when you can do it for 30 bucks, which is a gallon of paint? Um, why hire an Minus electrician? your time. Minus your time. Uh, plus your time whatever, you're still making money on the end. If you're, you know, it all adds up. You, you hire an electrician and it's, you know, a minimum a thousand dollars that they're going to be there because they have to charge for the time there and charge their hourly rate and, you know, do all of the information or all of the work that they need to do. The plumber is, we had a, when we were selling our house, they wanted an air gap added to the dishwasher that we had forgotten to put in. And it cost us a thousand dollars to do. It was an hour of work, maybe two hours of work. And it was like $50 in parts. Yep. And that doesn't translate to me a thousand dollars versus, you know, I don't make a thousand dollars an hour. Uh, although I'd like to. <laughs> Boss um, Do you hear that, Josh? Right. Do you hear that? Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you, you don't make a thousand dollars an hour? Oh, come on. Come oh, on. Man. What a disappointment. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, this is, I really thought you were just loaded. I did write a post on the Bigger Pockets blog and on entrepreneur.com a while back called How to Make a Thousand Dollars an Hour. So I will link to that in the show notes. It's actually really oh, cool. That would be great. Yeah, how to make a thousand dollars an hour. It's that would be I'm nifty. Maybe you could teach it to me. I could teach it to you. <laughs> you do make a thousand dollars an hour, I'm sure. So do you, Mindy, probably. Just you only make it for a couple minutes a day. So the goal uh, is how do you make it for longer periods of time? That's a little teaser. Go read the post. It's in the show notes. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, Mindy, last question. Yes, I'm a first time investor. Should I purchase a duplex or a fourplex? Ooh, well, how much money do you have, Mr. First-Time Investor? Um, a duplex, a fourplex. I don't think there's a real lot of difference there except in price. I mean, you're going to have, if you're going to live in one unit and rent out the other unit, the duplex is going to pay all your expenses and, or most of your expenses. If you have a fourplex, when you live in one unit, you'll probably make money when you rent out the other three. Um, I don't think you'll make a lot of money in the duplex just by house hacking it. Um, both of them, you can get a first-time FHA loan, which has a low down payment, so you could afford more property in theory. There's a lot of reasons to – there's a lot of information that goes into that question. That's kind of a big question just for – I think you answered it well. That was, it was, I like it. <laughs> it was a good answer for sure. And, and yeah, it all depends on a lot of things. So. Yeah. But I do think, nice. I, I think if you can do a duplex, you can do a fourplex. I firmly believe that. So as long as it's within your price range, like trying to learn how to handle three other tenants instead of one other tenant is not that big of a learning curve. You know, coming up with three leases, three, picking up three rent checks. I mean, it, it's, people can do it. People get overwhelmed with that stuff, but it's really easier than they think. Anyway, moving on. Let's get out of here uh, and end with the world famous. Famous for. All right. These are the questions we ask everybody. So Mindy, number one. What is yes. your favorite, besides mine, what is your favorite real estate book? My favorite real estate <laughs> yes. would have to be the book on flipping houses by mm. Jay Scott. That is a great book. That is a great, that book. Is a great book. He, I can't believe there's anybody that knows more about flipping houses than Jay Scott. Maybe Brian Burke, who did that awful cat litter house. Yeah. Did you ever see those pictures? Yeah, that was terrible. It's disgusting. Uh, so yeah, they are probably tied, but Brian didn't write a book. Jay Scott did. There you go. There you go. The book bigger on pockets, flipping houses. Biggerpockets.com slash flipping book. Yeah. Conveniently it is, um, printed by bigger pockets publishing, but that's not why I like it. I just, you know, I'm a big fan of the site. 
Yay. All right. That's a good book. I do also agree that is the best flipping book I've ever read. It is. It is the best flipping book. That's the best flipping book. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Our business book, best business book. What what is your most preferred or best business book? Can I guess? Wait, can I guess? I'm going to, I'm going to go with the debt snowball, the the debt snowball. Is that what it's called? No, the something snowball, the snowball. I was going to say the Warren Buffett way. It's the snowball is about, no, the snowball is about uh, Warren Buffett. That's why I assumed it was that one. Apparently not. Oh, what's that book? Oh God. That's upstairs. I think it's called the snowball. I I think so. Is that the book? Yeah. There's somebody wrote a book about. But is that your answer? Did I guess it right? Oh, dang it. That's not. (laughs) Oh, what's the book? The Richest Man in Babylon by uh, George S. Clayson. 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 Clayson, Clayson, yeah. Clayson, Clayson, whatever. Sorry, George, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Tomatoes. Um, I think he's like long gone. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was published in like the 20s, which makes it an even more amazing book. Uh, the basic premise is don't spend more than you make. Save a little bit. Invest it. Invest it wisely. Um, and you can do what you want with life. Very good. By the way, the book was called The Snowball, Warren Buffett and the Business of Life by Alice Schroeder. That's what the one I was guessing you were talking about, but that is I was the one that uh, that's number two. Close oh, second. Nice. Excellent. Okay, good. I'll take it. Excellent. All right. Mindy, hobbies, what do you do for fun? Oh my goodness. When it's wintertime I snowboard. When it's summertime, I'm on my bike or playing with my girls. Well, I'm playing with my girls no matter what time of year it is. But uh wintertime it is snowboarding and summer it is biking. Excellent. Where do you snowboard? My favorite place is Breckenridge. Backy- just oh, up the road. Yeah, my backyard. I was going to say backyard. Yeah. Seven nice. square inches. I have the smallest <laughs> yard of any house I've ever owned in my life. In nice. This house. Well, you could like put the snowboard on that and just jump up and down a few times. I sure could. <laughs> Obviously, you're a snowboarder. That's what I do. I jump. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. Right on. <laughs> okay. Uh, my final question of the day. Mindy what do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started? Uh, getting started. You have to do a deal to be a real estate investor. I don't think you can call yourself a real estate investor if you never invest in real estate. There's a lot of people who read about it and then they just, they're scared. They don't have enough money. If you don't have enough money, read the book on buying and selling houses with no and low money down. What's the name of that? Ooh, it's close enough. Close, close enough. Yeah. By um, this little known author, Brandon Turner. You forgot good looking um, and good talented. Good looking, amazing, seven foot nine Brandon yes, Turner. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Josh is shaking his head. shaking your head, Josh? <laughs> Why are you shaking your head? Because he just, he's incorrigible. <laughs> Well, thank you for, for bringing up my book because, you know, I, I didn't do it. Actually, I did it like three times already, but, you know, I'll take it. I'll take any plug. <laughs> Biggerpockets.com slash no money. There you go. So yes, you need, that book? you need to jump in and do a deal. And, you know, that doesn't mean jump in blindly. You have to do your research or you are going to lose giant wads of cash. Yes. Uh, we've all lost giant wads of cash and you just call that education. And I don't think you can write it off on your taxes, but you... <sighs> Unfortunately, I'd have a big tax write-off. You could try. Years. They do have a spot for education for deductions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me know how that goes, Mindy. Yeah. So when I'm audited, I'm gonna refer them back to here. Yeah. Brandon, uh, I see Brandon on the bigger po- legal advice. No, uh, <laughs> uh, don't do that, please. All right, Mindy. Show one twenty nine on the Bigger Pockets podcast. You can check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash 
show 129 and you can leave Mindy feedback, ask her questions, or just interact with her on bigger pockets. Outside of all that, Mindy, where can people find out more about you? Uh, pretty much that's it. Biggerpockets.com. Right on. I'm, uh, I was a stay-at-home mom for eight years, so I have a pretty thin resume as of late. Nah, you got a great but resume. You I'm in the re- forums. I'm in the forums a lot. I'm on the blog. Uh, current podcast, the Ask, BB po- Ask BP yes. podcasts. Uh, you can find me on almost every facet of Bigger Pockets. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Mindy, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will uh, we will get you right back to work as soon as we hang up with this call. So <laughs> get back to work, Mindy. <laughs> thank you fun. very much. This was this was a lot of fun. All right. When do we'll I get back? When do I come back for number two and number three? <laughs> oh, don't 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 start being like Ben now. <laughs> Hi, Ben. Nice. All right, Mindy. Take All right, care. Mindy, take care. Okay. Bye. Have a good day. All right, guys, that was Mindy Jensen. Big thanks again to her for coming on the show. Obviously, if she didn't come on the show, I could force her to, but I wasn't going to. (laughs) I couldn't force her to. She would take me on. Yeah, yeah, she would. She would, she would, she would. No, it was great. Is she taller than you, by the way? She might be. That's not hard to do. We should back-to-back you guys sometime, and we'll see who's taller. Why? Is, is there anything? I mean, do you get anything out of if that you other got, than the joy you, of making me look even shorter? Than I want to know you, if you guys fought in a ring, who would win? If you guys wrestled, <laughs> what is your obsession with people fighting in a ring? <laughs> I don't know, but next bigger pockets conference we have, we are fighting in a ring. With you? We you are have, fighting in a ring. You have problems. I, you have I, I think you and I might be putting we should, sumo suits. Yep, we should, get into we a should fight. do that. We'll do that. Sumo that suits. That would be a lot of fun. All I right. like it. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you for listening. Hopefully, you enjoyed the show. Uh, big thanks again to Mindy for coming on. And if you are not already engaged on bigger pockets like Mindy is, jump on today, get involved. I was talking about the New York meetup. The cool thing about the, the meetup with 200 people, like I said, Brandon only brought about 130. But <laughs> beyond that being cool, because um, it was, was the fact that the people there, A, they were amazing, but B, um, they had talked about how um, engaging on bigger pockets was so valuable to them. And those people who hadn't were hearing that from their peers and were really kind of getting that and understanding it and feeling it and, and jumping in. And, and a lot of people said to me, they're like, Hey Josh, I don't know anything. I'm new. What do I do? And we said, just start out welcoming new people, welcome other people who've joined the site and just talk to them. Um, you'll at least start to network and, and build connections. This is a business that requires connections. You know, you can be successful without them, but the more connections you have, the more likely you are to find success because, you know, these peers of yours are, you know, they can be your partners, they can provide leads to you, you name it. So get out there, make things happen, jump on bigger pockets. We are the place for investors to connect. So get on there and make it happen. Do it. With that, let's get out of here. I am Josh Dorkin, signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. Let's get out of here uh, and end with the world famous Fire Round. <laughs> Isn't this a famous, famous, famous No, that was the Fire Round. That now it's the Fire, fire Round. round. I quit. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Okay. Fire out. Fire Wait, out. Famous no, four. This is the famous four. Dude, come on now. I this is my first podcast, the, not yours. Wait, wait, famous uh, four. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam! Instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.